0: Peace of mind, for me, is valuable because it's a term for wisdom. That's where wisdom lives. Because it is the space the ego doesn't have control over. I don't call it the work for nothing. It takes silence. It takes willingness. And it takes sitting in it. It's like, do you really want to know the truth? Really? Get still.
1: Welcome to The Glow Podcast. My name is Lisa Brooks-Mills. In 2003, Byron Katie first introduced the world to a practice of self-inquiry she called the work. It involves asking four simple questions about each belief that causes us pain. Nearly 20 years later, her books, podcasts, and weekly live Zoom sessions inspire people everywhere to inquire, get still, and listen for the answers inside themselves. As Byron shared with me in our interview, the meditation and awareness practice that she calls the work came out of her experience with deep depression many years ago. She talks about the power of simply witnessing rather than reacting as a way to exercise compassion and build self-awareness. Late in our conversation, you'll hear us referencing a real life example that a woman brought to Byron during one of the weekly live sessions. If you're unable to attend live, the sessions are available for replay. I highly recommend them. Listening to Byron walk through the steps with others is a helpful practice and it's beautiful to witness. There is always some learning I take away each time I attend. Also, on November 28th, there is an online event called Byron Katie's The Work 123 event. It's 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Pacific time. Byron will be guiding us through The Work 123. She'll take questions and facilitate participants. A revised edition of her beloved book, Loving What Is, Four Questions That Can Change Your Life, will be released December 7th and is available for pre-order now. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Byron Katie as much as I did. She has such a warm and generous heart. Welcome, Byron Katie. It is a sincere gift to spend time with you today. I consider it a privilege and honor to be here with you. Though we are connecting virtually, I feel you right here next to me. Thank you so much for the good work you are doing in our world and always leading with such love, beauty, and grace. Your work has touched my life and millions of lives around the world. You are the author of several books, but today I'd love to focus on what is perhaps your most sought-after book, Loving What Is, Four Questions That Can Change Your Life. This book explores the process of the work, as you say. The work is a way to identify and question the thoughts that cause suffering. It is a way to find peace with yourself and with the world. Anyone with an open mind can do this work. So I wonder if we could start with your story, your journey leading up to this awakening, what you were experiencing before this work, this type of inquiry was discovered.
0: So a lot of depression, more than a decade of very deep depression. And that's one reason I put myself out here is hopefully through my experience, people won't have to drop into a such a a depth that they can be spared that. And I say that as I look back at those years of depression and agoraphobia was horrible and raising three children at the same time. But as I look back, it's very clear to me that what I was thinking and believing about me, about the world, my family, the thought the the crazy head, what I was thinking and believing, was the cause of my suffering. So by some grace, as I lay sleeping on the floor one night, when it was just daybreak, it was it was sunlight, I could see it coming through the window. But as I lay asleep a cockroach actually crawled over my ankle over my foot and i opened my eyes and there was there was no identification it was like a witness with no identification and i saw the window and i saw the light coming through the window and all of a sudden it's like i saw the cause of All suffering. I saw the cause of life. I saw how it began. And of course, that's just my personal experience. But I saw that the light and the window, or the window with the light coming through it, it meant nothing until a name was attached to it. And I wasn't doing it. But there was the window, the light, and once it was named, I saw that was, that was the beginning of, of this life as, as I know it. And the shift was, you know, first, I want to share with you the value of sharing this experience. It was on that floor I learned after the fact, as I pondered it, that when we believe our thoughts, we suffer. And when we don't believe them, we don't suffer. And I've come to see this is true for every human being. So also on the floor, I saw a way of bringing people into the experience that I experienced on the floor. And the way to do that, that's not something that I could give. I could talk all night and day and not give people what they're looking for, but I can offer up those four questions Mm -hmm. that I invite people to, and they hit those realizations within themselves just as I did on the floor. So we all have equal opportunity. Freedom belongs to all of us, it's our birthright. And the shift in me was so great that my children, other than my physical body, didn't even recognize me. And they kept testing me and testing me. And and my reactions were the opposite of what they had experienced prior to that, that time, that moment on the floor. So the shift was so great. Their friends recognized it. My husband at the time recognized it. um, And word of mouth, long story short, has blessed me, just word of mouth, to be with you here now, Lisa, and to share this gift again.
1: Thank you for sharing. I feel like so many folks, I think what makes your story um, so wonderful is that it's so relatable and helps people feel right away, not alone. Even if it's not, you know, the exact type of situation, it's still, they can relate to some type of suffering.
0: We, we have suffering in common. Mm-hmm. You know, that is, that is what I call earth school. There's suffering. And, and my job was to wake up to the world the way it really is beyond what I'm thinking and believing about it. That's why inquiry, you know, every time we sit in inquiry, in this, these four questions, as I point to inquiry, every time we sit in them and notice the answers within us that meet those questions, our life becomes kinder.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Before we get into the, the questions, if we could stay in this moment right now, too, when you're on the floor with the cockroach.
0: I was just snapped from nothing to something, mm. and just like no different than anyone that uh, wakes up startled. It's like I was being shown. It was an experience, and it was um, it was we would we could say a moment in time. But I can only tell this in retrospect. Mm-hmm. I only. I only noticed it after the fact. It's like I noticed what I noticed and have somehow just um, converted it in a way that what I say is fairly unimportant to the listener until they experience. For themselves the power of inquiry and sitting in themselves right but no, there was no magic happening no woo no nothing it was just like every human being we notice and we have aha moments mm-hmm. it's just that this this was there was nothing before it because i was in a dead sleep nothing related to it was it happened so quickly and that that um That amazing grace.
1: Yes. So this great awakening, and I think sometimes, at least when I look at myself in my life, there have been moments more profound than others. And then some, it's just these moments along the way of recognizing, of sitting with what is, paying attention, noticing the nature of the mind. And so sometimes it's slower, and then sometimes there are these opportunities for these more sort of profound Sort of a slap across the face from the universe, like a wake up moment. Yes,
0: yes, exactly that. It's just that I, I saw in reverse how it could be. I don't think I have words for this. Short version is I didn't take it for granted. I sat, as you describe, you sitting with yourself. But I had these four questions that would hold me in a particular kind of inquiry as I, in retrospect, am pointing to of my experience on the floor.
1: Do you feel like, were you... Up to that point, asking anything from God or the universe for a sign, or, or, um, it, you know, it,
0: just screaming. If I had to put it, we're just screaming. Help me! I can't. I can't take this anymore. It's too hard. It's, it's too hard. I just wanted to die. I was. It was breathing felt painful. It was very dark, deep depression and self-loathing.
1: It just reminds me of those moments, those fallen to your knees type type of moments where it's just too much. Mm -hmm. And I mean, someone might call it like a rock bottom moment.
0: Yeah, it certainly was the answer to the prayer, whether there was a prayer or not. That was the prayer. There's a, there was an in, internal prayer. Just help me.
1: It seems like from that point, so it found you, so to speak, the work found you, mm-hmm. and then you are, in a sense, the vessel and guide to then go on and share it. With others, yeah. As long as I'm invited,
0: yes. that's, that's the key for me because I don't see that there are so many beautiful ways here in the world that um, this is just one way, and I don't want to move anyone from their practice or promote them to mine. It's just,
1: it's um, you, you know, just put it out there, and word of mouth moves it. And I think that's another thing that's beautiful about the work is that it, it always is an invitation.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And always free on the work.com it's um, these questions. No one can own them. They're
1: right.
0: They're within all of us. It's the reverse of the answer. You know, it's, it's, it is the invitation to the answer. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that so much.
1: We'll touch on that later a little bit about how accessible the work is. I think our audience will appreciate this because um, thinking more about the work, that it is a meditation, this inner inquiry, something we sit in, as you say, an opportunity to witness the nature of the mind. For me, it's helpful in that moment to witness the nature of the mind and sort of practice becoming the detached observer. And so it's like diving into yourself, as you say, contemplating the questions, dropping into the depths of yourself, listen and wait. Yes. And I love that, that part about the waiting, the patience, allowing. Yeah, it's, it's so lovely and it's certainly worth waiting for. There's yeah. nothing more important to do. Because sometimes in this world, maybe, or in this day and age too, we want things so, I want, it, I want it now and I want it fast. You know, it's just shifting from that culture mindset to the gifts that can come once we allow ourselves the time just to sit. Yeah. I like to say when inquiry, it's, it's like, if you're in a hurry, slow down. Right. Yeah. And how, if you take time to meditate, you'll actually end up getting more done in your day. Yes. (laughs) It seems counterintuitive, but it, but it does, it does work. So you say the answer to your question will be there no matter how closed down or hopeless you think you are. Yeah. The answer is there. We just need to Ask, you know, there's, a,
0: there's something we've heard, um, ask and you'll receive. It's like, ask what? The truth will set you free. What truth? What truth? You know, it's, but this makes it um, understandable. You know, it's like he shouted at me and I have the thought he doesn't care about me. And the first question is: Is it true? He doesn't care about me. And then to meditate in that, and I see the image of him yelling, and I see his face is red, and I see he's, he's. It looks like he wants to wave his arms, and he's holding it in, and I see that in my mind's eye, and he's yelling at me. He doesn't care about me. Is it true? So I wait, and I look at that in my mind's eye because we can take it to our deathbed. It's not as though it's going to go away until it's resolved is what I've discovered. So is it true? And I look at him, I sit in it, I'm meditating in that image in my head of that situation when he was yelling at me, and already I start to feel compassion. Mm -hmm. His face is red. It's all crunched up. He doesn't care about me. Now I can hear his words. I'm not manipulating. I can hear now meditating in it after the fact. I can hear now what I couldn't hear then. I actually hear his words. And as I listen in this situation, it's not about me. I'm thinking he doesn't care about me. And as I listened, it wasn't about me at all.
1: The thing that came to mind was that in the moment that all of the stress hormones, the fight or flight's coming up, and it is a protective state of, I have to protect myself, this is about me. But then as you said, once you sit and settle into a meditative space and can get quiet, Now the the stress response is settled and you're able to open, sort of take off the horse blinders, if you will, and see more, this person is suffering. It's not about me. Yeah. And then the compassion comes in. Yeah, which moves me to the next question. In that situation,
0: when he was yelling at me, now he's just yelling, not at me. Mm It looks like it's at me. But in that situation where he is so loud and expressing, how do I react? How did I react in that situation? How do I react when I think the thought is yelling at me? He doesn't care about me. And so now I'm going to meditate in that. And I see those images of the past where... My mother screamed at me or my father raised his voice to me or I saw it on, the, on a television or movie screen and how hurtful it was. And I'm just meditating and all of that is showing itself to me. How do I react in that situation when I believe the thought? And then I see images of the future where he's not going to change, where he has to live with someone he doesn't like and that's me. And all these things and the emotions that happened with it, and then um, I see how I react. I see how the ego works. I see clearly past, future, past, future, and I'm just witnessing, like I did the window and the light, just witnessing. And then the last question: Who would I? Oh, also a very important thing. How do I react when I b- believe the thought? I give him the look. I cry as though I'm hurt and I'm not that hurt. I notice as I ponder that situation again. I punish, mm-hmm. blame. Now, when we look at decisions we make in our life, when these things are unresolved, remind me of that later. I want to get to that last question.
1: Okay.
0: After I've said in that third question, how do I react in that situation? And I witness it. I get to see my part. Mm-hmm. And the slightest little thing, maybe, yeah, it's warranted and we can justify it. But I'm noticing how overplayed my hand was.
1: Mm-hmm. And as you say, even the slightest awareness gain there can be huge.
0: Yes, because it's not what he says and does that hurts me. It's what I am thinking and believing in that situation that hurts me. It's the full-blown ego in charge and all the defense in the world to justify it. So the, the last question, who would I be without the thought he doesn't care about me in that situation. Who would I be? So everything I noticed in that question, how do I react when I believe the thought? Just to let that fall away. It's like a smoke ring. It's fake news. It is all manufactured by ego. So I just drop it to see beyond it. Who would I be without the thought?
1: The Without the illusion, so to speak.
0: Hmm. I respectfully just invite the ego to just be still. I'll get back to it later. I see the ego as a terrified child. I mean, if you want to be physical and you are nothing more than mind, you can't be physical. Ego, its job is to identify as. What you see is your body, what we see is our body, and it can't. mind is not body. So that fourth question, who would I be without it?" that drops and the ego wants to hang on, but I just I'll get back to you later. Who would I be in that situation? I watch the same situation, I see him, I hear him. I'm present. I'm still. I'm a listener. And again, compassion, just, I see his face is red, he is out of control. Mm -hmm. He's, He's not in his right mind in that situation, in my experience. And basically, it sounds strange, but we fall in love, you know, with, you know, that's, why the book titled Loving What Is, you fall in love with what is, with, with life as nature, with ourselves, everything, living out of our true nature, which is, is indescribably beautiful, to use that inadequate word beautiful without exception but what we're thinking and believing about the world and the people in it and ourselves you know that is the opposite of our nature that's why it hurts right so who would i be without the thought compassionate present listening learning growing connected curious Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah, it's um it's simply being in touch beyond self. And so then I invite people to turn it around. He doesn't care about me. Turn around, he does care about me, and that doesn't mean he does. It doesn't mean it's true, but this is a meditative process. It's inquiry. So he does care about me. And I ponder that. And I stay in the situation where he is doing his thing, he does care about me. I ponder that, and I see in that state of mind he's he he could be capable of anything, and he didn't hit me. He didn't as it turned out, he didn't even blame me. He was so another turn, I try that on, I'm meditating in it, and then. I would see if there's another opposite. He he doesn't like me. He doesn't care about me. He does like me. He does care about me. Okay? And I ponder that. And another turnaround. I don't like him. And then I ponder that. Where did I show that in that situation? Where did I... Where did I let that show up or did I experience that at all? And if so, how did it show up and how subtle was I? Or how domineering did I become? But it all shows up there, I don't care about him. Okay, I can see I overrode him. He was trying to get words in and I would override him. I I listen now and he's fairly correct. So I see I was in complete denial. I wasn't open. I wasn't listening. I wasn't being introspective. And we can go back. um, We can go back into our lives as far back as we can remember. And we don't have to remember. The ego will offer it up. And if, if it brings... A depression or a hurt or a sorrow or a meanness, a defense to my mind, that belongs on what I call a judge-your-neighbor worksheet, where I identify what I'm thinking and believing about that human being, and I write it down and I question it, just as, as we're seeing examples of now. So he doesn't care about me. I don't care about him. Another turnaround, I don't care about me. So in, the, in that situation, where was it? I wasn't caring about me. And I ponder that. And these turnarounds, maybe there's something, maybe there's nothing. This, this work from start to finish is a meditative process. It takes a lot of courage because it, is, it goes just as deeply as you are open to it and authentic Mm
1: -hmm.
0: not overdoing or underdoing just authentic
1: it makes me think too of you know how you watch a a a real in-depth movie and it takes you a couple times to watch it through and you get something from it every time you watch it as if revisiting and just being open to what's there through each layer something will be revealed that may not have been the first time so it's almost like don't give up straight away, stick with it, stay with it.
0: Because the ego wants to override everything I've just described. It wants to say it's peace. Mm-hmm. But when I identify what I'm thinking and believing in that situation about the other human being, then I am giving the ego every opportunity to speak. And I find that respectful. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, One of my books is a mind at home in itself. That is the ego finding a home in itself in what I see as me. So that's where the ego can rest. It is the end of war with the ego and therefore the end of war with all
1: of humanity. And you say that war belongs on paper.
0: All war belongs on paper. That's the only sane thing to do once we understand how to do it. And so what I was going to say, Lisa, earlier is how we react when we believe the thought. Let's say I said something or did something or gave him the look or all three. It doesn't matter what he was saying and doing. I'm looking at my part. How I reacted when I believed the thought. He doesn't care about me. Now. All of those things go, they're negative, which is the opposite of the heart. They're unkind. They're hurtful. And there is cause and effect in duality. And if I say or anyone, and I invite all your your um, listeners to test it, anyone that says or does anything short of our heart, our true nature, the immovable, we call it God, we call it good, we call it, I refer to it often as the immovable. It's There's nothing we can do about it. The ego can never compete with it. It loses every time. So that that true nature of ours, any time we do anything that opposes that, we feel emotions that... Eventually we become so in tune with that we just can aha, we just live out of an aha. Just oh good one, oh good one ego. It's 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 like because no one's guilty, it's just the ego fighting for a, a survival.
1: Right.
0: So in that, so you and your platform are so aware of nutrition and right living and 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 well-beingness, but any time, like how do I react when I believe the thought? I say, what do I say? What do I do, etc. Guilt happens, and that's why the ego has to justify, justify, justify those what I said and did. But it won't fly because it's against that nature of the heart. So guilt happens. Ego tries to override it, but guilt happens. Okay, so when guilt happens, it can only go so far. The ego can only go so far. And then what happens are images of a past and people who are interested in nutrition. The effect of what I'm speaking to and pointing to are where all addictions live. Guilt is the food for addictions. So it's like the work found me and I did the work and smoking quit me. I did the work and compulsive overeating quit me. I did the work and, and anytime they would pop up again, I just look at what I'm thinking and believing, identify it and take care of it, and not to get rid of an eating disorder, or they're all thinking disorders. Mm -hmm. And we're looking them square in the face as we sit here together. But the ego goes so far in all the the self-blame, and then you see the images. And I like to say, you know, it's, for example, if you... Imagine biting into a big, juicy lemon right now. Just imagine biting into it. You can even feel the physical. I mean, you're feeling it and shaking your head. It's like, yeah. Okay, so guilt goes so far, and then the ego offers up that image, and it's chocolate cake, or it's it's whatever our addiction is. And it is so it is so compelling that you're already like an alcoholic has already taken the first drink. If rather than a lemon that pops up, it's alcohol that pops up or whatever the addiction is, but they say an alcoholic can't take the first drink or they can't, you know, if you do, you can't stop. Well, you've already had the first drink and anger um. Anger, we say and do things that we feel guilty for. And we experience anger as a human race several times a day, some of us. So, you know, guilt, guilt, guilt. So peace of mind for me is valuable because it's a term for wisdom. That's where wisdom lives because it is the space the ego doesn't have control over. I don't call it the work for nothing. It takes silence. It takes willingness. And it takes sitting in it. It's like, do you really want to know the truth? Really? Get still.
1: Right. What we call sitting in the fire, so to speak. Sitting in the
0: fire. <laughs> yeah.
1: A couple, a couple of things came to mind. Um, I do want to touch on ego identification again, but I was just thinking about how these images of the past, it's like it's trying to trick us with more evidence. Like, see, remember this happened, remember this happened.
0: Yeah, and it does if we're not awake to the ego and and
1: it's um it's um, it's fight for existence. Right. It's gonna go kicking and screaming. Not gonna go.
0: You know, it's it's um it's it's here and Earth, that's, you know, that is school. Mm -hmm. And so I can see the ego of the past, you know, I can see the past where he said and did what he said and did. And I can see the future where he's going to do it again. And so now the ego's in play. And it's as though you're sitting in reality, but it's not. It really is a movie. An illusion. It is. It is the not now. The not
1: ever. And the the illusion. The movie feels so real. Mm. That's part of the trickster, right? Like it feels so real. It's
0: got to be real. You know. It's 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 um this work for serious meditators. This work is a kind of guide through meditation. Just. It's it it's a, a gentle offering, a guide all the way through. And it misses nothing. I've referred to it as checkmate mm. people that and it will take you all the way to on, um, you know, I can I can say from experience beyond. Um I'll just say, um, um, well, you know, I I guess I'll just say it infinity, just so far beyond identification Mm -hmm. that it's, um, you can see the most powerful thing in your mind's eye that the ego offers up and see it for what it
1: is. Yeah. And so you live in the
0: immovable.
1: I have a question about identity, actually. But before we go on to that, just to speak more about ego identification, you say the ego puts a spell on us and we fall for it. And res- there's resistance to letting go of the fear. The ego will want to override and then the next thing appears. And I've heard you say how when the ego sees that it's love, it starts to settle a bit and not feel threatened.
0: cause love, is the opposite of war it's not there's it's no more war it's not the self doing more with the self you know it's the ego no longer feels threatened and it finds the home it's always been looking for and that home is peace
1: Mm -hmm. so it's almost like give it a voice on paper if it needs to get something out and be heard yeah. But then meet it with love. I see you. I love you. I hear you. But there's a better way. And this is what I'm looking into more inquiry. I'm here to discover more and excavate more.
0: Yeah. For, you know, an, an example that comes to mind is he's going to hurt me. And um, let's say situation is he's just furious and he's waving his arms and yelling, he's going to hurt me. Is it true? And And it feels like, you know, self to the self, sitting in that meditative state later. He's going to hurt. He's going to hurt me. Is it true? And just, just sweetheart, get still. Is it true? And you can see there's the self questioning the ego without threat because you can't threaten the ego it's going to win the threat is the ego and it's just and it's not separate it's it's fully armed
1: could we touch on the earth school a little bit more cuz i was thinking about this and how just the concept of it alleviates pressure and oh, it makes good. accessing compassion for ourselves and others easier that we're all just here learning. No, it's, it's
0: earth school, because yeah. actually, and this is going a little too far for most, and, and so I say, you know, test it for yourself, but actually we don't exist. We are our own dream. And if you heard me say we are our own dream, then you don't know me. You only know me from the past. You don't know me now. Mm-hmm. And if I I snap my fingers like that and you see me in your mind's eye snapping my fingers, you don't know me. You know the way I used to be. It doesn't matter if it's a nanosecond, which it in time always is. We lose the illusion of of, um, earth school for me is about waking up to reality. To waking up to who and what we really are, which I um, just seconds ago more or less um, pointed to. You know, it's really who am I not?
1: Right. I wanna ask a few more questions, and if it's okay, and then come back to the four questions of inquiry, mm-hmm. um, just because I wanna make sure that we re- we've recapped that really well for our listeners. First of all, I was thinking about neuroscience and the rewiring of the brain, Um, and that each time we do the work, we are creating these new neural pathways.
0: Absolutely. We're like doing the work on he doesn't care about me. Working through that, the next time I think of him in that situation, when it hits my head, like we call it remembering Mm -hmm. next time I remember that situation, he is not the same man that I did the work on.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. It's a whole different identity because my identity, the way I saw that my identity has shifted.
1: Right.
0: So when you shift, the entire, your entire world shifts.
1: And every time we choose to respond versus the habitual knee-jerk reaction, we're laying down new neural pathways in that moment.
0: Yeah, how we react when we believe the thought.
1: Setting us up for, the more we do that over time, I'm meaning that this we're setting us up then for the next time to have that more awareness Responding from a more aware place. And emotions begin in our attitudes
0: that we become so familiar with mm-hmm. how I react when I believe the thought. I can see the attitude and the stance I take, the physical. And anytime I should feel that physical, it's like the temple bell that says, notice what are you thinking? Rather than what you're feeling because you're feeling it already and you're aware of it so that's done mm-hmm. what is the cause of those emotions what i'm thinking and believing and there's no exception to that and i certainly invite all your listeners to to uh, not believe me but to uh test it for themselves
1: You referenced this quote recently when a conversation with Ethan Cross on Chatter, the Viktor Frankl quote between stimulus and response. There is a space, in that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and our freedom.
0: Yes, and how do you find that? Right. You know, and and people who said who sit in this work, it just becomes obvious.
1: Right. Yeah the concept be so beautiful so helpful but then what you offer in the work is getting to that is getting to harnessing this moment between stimulus and response or sitting in the fire looking at at what's there learning yeah. and growing and evolving from that so that the next time you're met with that stimulus yes you've got a different response
0: but so when we're turning these around like on um... He is irresponsible, crazy, insane, reckless, a danger to himself. Okay, so if I question that one belief at a time, and then when it's turned around, it's in that situation, we just try it on, Mm -hmm. I am irresponsible. Mm -hmm. And so I ponder that, I meditated in that situation, I am crazy. And I witness, and I see this woman with, you know, flinging her arms about and sobbing or whatever it is. And insane, yes. Reckless. You know, we justify everything. So reckless. Now I'm slowing it down. Where was I reckless? Mm -hmm. And it's by our own definition, which makes it really powerful. And if we need a dictionary, it's... (laughs) So it's, it, it can really um, show us something else. that We use words that really don't express what we're feeling. And sometimes, anyway, a, um, a danger to himself turned around. I'm a danger to myself. Okay, well, that doesn't apply. You know, the ego says, okay, a danger to myself. Okay, so... You know, I'm teaching myself trains of thought that are really harmful. So a danger to myself. To myself. You see how it takes on these meanings when we slow down? Myself. There's a self that is never endangered. But awareness to that self. Ah, yes, a danger to Myself.
1: So it's helping shift from like a victim state to taking ownership, taking responsibility.
0: Yeah, I become, I become, I'm 100% responsible. Like I've come to see that no one can hurt me. You know, that's my job. No one can hurt me. (laughs) He's the one human being I need to deal with, and that's me. Mm -hmm. The kinder I am, that is a state of mind. Kinder I am the kinder my world, and no two people live in the same world there everyone has their own world, and we do war it 's like if you don 't believe what I believe then then you're wrong, and that 's what we have running in the world it's it's um it's it's um so you, I don't agree with you, so you're wrong, of course, and I'm right, and you just don't understand it, and I give you the look, I argue with you, I do all of those things, and so we have the war of the worlds. But in my world, I can say so far, in my world, everyone's welcome here. Everyone is welcome here, meaning no matter what people say and do, I'm open to it in my world, and I find understanding in my world. So why do you know we have this war of the worlds and they collide and and their states of mind? So we deal with our own. We can deal with any state of mind once we understand our own. And there's nothing. There's there's nothing that. There is no cause for war. Mm-hmm. There's no valid cause for war. And in earth school, you know, we can justify there is a cause for war. Um, and, you know, it's a state of mind, I'm not for or against. It's just that I don't do war in my world unless I do. And then I've got worksheets for that. All right. And then
1: you go to the paper. Yeah. What do you say for folks when they're in a place of joy, they've been doing the work Mm -hmm. and someone close to them is suffering and their suffering is so loud that it's hard to it's hard to be around if they're not willing or unable to see that there is a better way or even unable to admit that or even find confusion around the notion that their thoughts may that we don't have to agree with the thoughts that are just, you know, automatically coming through.
0: I just continue to listen to their world. I continue to listen to the world. I don't try to change the world. I um I understand because I come from that old world, mm-hmm. and and I find I find compassion there just as I listen. Mm -hmm. I'm not a teacher, so I don't try to teach them that what they're believing needs correction or it's wrong. None none of that. Mm -hmm. I listen. If they've asked me to come and do the work with them, yes. Right. But a family member, a friend, or sitting with someone I've never met in a hospital. Mm -hmm. And and I listen. I don't know better medicine. And I mean, really listen. Because they say, oh, the world is terrible. It's not fair. Terrible things have happened to me. And and, uh, I'm hearing terrible things have happened to this human being.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. I'm hearing they're living in a terrible world. I mean, every word they say, they're giving me their identification. Mm -hmm. And only my personal fear would try to change their minds. Sure. So listening is great medicine if you're listening to understand. Right. But to try to change their mind, that's not my job. I can't change another person's mind. That's their job.
1: Right. What had me thinking of this was younger folks that are in environments where their caretakers are suffering.
0: Well, three words, if, it's, if they're true I understand and continue to listen. I understand. I hear you. That must be very painful. I'm so sorry that you're experiencing this. I would help you if I could. Mm-hmm. Is there any thing I can say or do to help you? I mean, just these simple things. But what we do when we don't have words that are honest, mm-hmm. because those words need to be honest. Right. Right.
1: And in children, I'm sure it's harder to find those words. You know, for for kids, they just want to they just want mom and dad to be okay and not,
0: and they don't have words for what they want. Right. So words for that that are already in them, they're true. They just can't find them because. They're so worried. They have these images of the future where they're going to lose their mom and she's going to leave them. She won't be able to stand it or she's going to lose her job. And then we're going to be hungry again. And and it means we're going to have to be out on the, the dun, all this future in their heads. And so they're going through that fear. And then they remember in the past what it was like before she got the job, the dun, the dun, the dun. And all that movie, the ego, is running in running their heads. They're, that's their life. It's so real for them. You know when when parents are upset, sometimes you can just say one word. it doesn't matter what the word is, and it sets them off again. Mm-hmm. Children love this work. they they once they get these questions, I work with a little four year old one time and and on a parent and um and she said, "It's so simple. well, why didn't somebody tell me <laughs> and because she was able to flow with the question she wasn't you know her mind wasn't so old, let's say embedded mm-hmm. that um, that she couldn't relate to uh, pain no pain
1: right I, d- I did see on the site where you have info for children, for teens, so we'll, we'll note on that too.
0: Educators interested in it, there's a, a thinking project that um, they can find on thework.com. also. It's um, it's an incredible course in, in a, a few um, elementary schools.
1: Oh, that's amazing. Okay. I wish that was in every elementary school, maybe someday. Oh, it just takes
0: care of so much, yeah. so much. And how do you react when you believe the thought? There are pictures that show different faces and situations where mm. it shows everything from frightened and depressed to happy.
1: Beautiful. Um, one of the things I was thinking of as we were speaking, so for folks that are diving into the work and starting to to wake up, mm. How do they address the regret once they've realized, you know, the suffering they've caused themselves and those around them? D- does that just lead to another inquiry about processing regret around it?
0: Actually, um, I'll share my process with you. And it was this way from the beginning. It was just logical. It's like, I look at how I react when I believe the thought, like, how did, how did I react? What happened? when I believe the thought mm-hmm. that he doesn't care about me. And I look at my wrongs like I screamed, maybe I yelled, maybe I lied, maybe I, uh, I gave him the look, maybe I accused him, but it shows up in how I react when I believe the thought. So there, that's my part. And I've got to make that right Be- in, in, in this world of duality self-realization until it's lived. It just has no power. So um, let's say I said something hurtful. I accused him. I said, you're not fair. And now, you know, my worksheet has shown me that he wasn't all that wrong. Mm. And I can see where, where this may not be a great example, but I could see where I wasn't fair. And um, so I can go back and say, for example, in the situation when we were arguing mm-hmm. and I said blank, you know, whatever it was, I repeat it. Or when I accused you of whatever it was, I'm sincerely sorry. And... um I repeat what I said, Mm -hmm. you know, I I don't mess around. When I said blank, 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 my intention was to hurt you and I'm sincerely sorry. Mm -hmm. And how can I make that right? Mm -hmm. And if they say you can't make it right or, oh, don't worry about it, whatever the response is, I need to make it right. So I live that. And when I slip up, should I be say or do something harmful again? It's a worksheet. Obviously, my work's not done. Right. And addictions are going to show me, and we're really, what we're, what we're addicted to ultimately is, is the ego. The, the ego's addiction to wanting to be real life, you know, it's, it's mind, it's, it's nothing. And in this world of duality, it's, you know, it's a dream and it's, um, it's, it's really something even though it's nothing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) As you've been speaking, I've been thinking about how, how the work we do on ourselves has this impact on the collective considering that we're all interconnected, that we're all sort of learning from each other in some way, and that we're all leading by example with thought, word, and deed.
0: Yeah. Did you hear me um, yesterday, or maybe today, talking about I'll put a spell on you?
1: Yeah, I'd love to hear more about that.
0: Well, what we say and what we do are the spells we cast, and the more we wake up to ourselves, to what we're thinking and believing that create this false identity that we suffer in, yeah. um, the, the, it's like we're breaking the spell, that internal spell, the, that spell within us. And as we wake up to reality, the spells we cast are the opposite of, of mean-mindedness, the opposite of fear. Mm. And so we continue to cast spells, but they're not um, Halloweenish. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not so much out of the Wicked Witch or the Goblin. When I said lemon,
1: yeah, you know, I felt it. Thing,
0: well, I I cast a spell. I said it, and then you had the experience.
1: Yeah, this little salivary gland started excreting a little.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I said it. And, and you saw it in your mind's eye. So really, you're the one that casts the spell. Mm-hmm. So who casts the spell? Was it me or you? Okay, so I, I take care of mine, you take care of yours, and it's a kind of world. Time is an illusion. Yeah. And what we're believing and imagining the ego's play of past, future, the illusion you know, that is the spell that's cast on us. Once we wake up to that, it's, um, it's a very different world. It's, um, it's a world of um, good.
1: Yeah. Freedom. Forever. Joy.
0: hmm All kinds of names for joy. Yeah. Love, Love, yeah. Without opposite.
1: I was thinking just you were speaking to the grace of now. And that just you know, I went out last night, and you know, been sort of (laughs) really engrossed in your work these last few days, and Mm -hmm. just went outside last night to watch the sunset over the Pacific Ocean, and I was so caught up in the grace of now, Mm -hmm. and that it just brought a few things brought tears to my eyes. Just this this beautiful moment, but then also, you know, so so just being the witness to this gorgeous sunset. And, and then I just started think, thinking about all the people you have helped around the world from everything, the, the loss of children, challenges with addictions, um, you know, dealing with someone dealing with life-threatening illnesses, financial strife, sexual, physical, emotional abuse, and more. And the
0: woman uh, the other day that, that, whose husband... Um, sexually
1: abuse the daughter yeah
0: Uh, the her three-year-old daughter yeah there's nothing that the cause of all suffering is what we're thinking and believing in any given moment and when we're awake wisdom reigns Mm. nothing beyond it it's so clear how to manage what to do it's a fearless state of mind
1: i love that when we're awake wisdom reigns right because one of the things you said i don't know if it was in this particular instance but about abuse in general it's over
0: yeah what do i love about the past it's over right so it's 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 like out of the ocean under the moon you can see the waves come in and go back out it's um it's like a breath mm. and and when when we're clear, there is no in or out. It's uh, consistent. It's love. It's pure. It's goodness. It's a gift.
1: So that just on the abuse example, the past is over. It's the story that's keeping it alive. Yes, the illusion. The illusion that's keeping it alive.
0: The story has no power without the images. You know, like the the window and the sun streaming through. Until that was named, there was no reference, and, and um, no one to reference it.
1: Not to say that there's not some healing to do for the child, or,
0: no. oh or action God. to
1: be taken against keeping this child oh. safe from the ex-husband. Like if I am
0: harming other human beings, why do I do that? It's what I'm thinking and believing. When you consider what I'm thinking and believing, I don't have a choice. So if you turn that around and, and um, just take that in for yourself, you can see it. The story sh- can show up. It's just that there's no attachment to it. I see it. It's, that is not... That is not life. That's imagination.
1: And we're giving more power by keeping it alive through reliving it over and over. Yeah. It's like
0: he raped our child. You know, we question that. We meditate in those questions, and then we turn it around. We don't just turn things around. You, you know, get the information 1st and then when you um, turn it around, I am raping our three year old child. And that's horrific. That can't be a turnaround. That's not so. I would never do that. That's the, da, 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 da. listen to the ego scream and then slow it down. I rape our three year old. How could that be? That's why we need to get really still to sit in this work. Mm -hmm. It's, oh, the images in my head right now are the cause of my anger toward him. What he did is one thing, but as though that's not enough, I'm doing it how many times a day? Now, am I angry? What is really the cause of my anger and my hurt? The images in my head. Right. Right here, right now. That's why I say what I love love about the past is it's over. Right. But we cast a spell.
1: Mm -hmm. Recognizing that you're keeping the abuse alive by keeping the story alive.
0: Yeah, it's why we can't forgive people. It's why we can't connect. It doesn't mean mean we have to live with him. It doesn't mean, but understanding is the power. It's empowering, and and you can't fake understanding.
1: Right, and before, as we said, discovering that and responding to the situation, getting whatever help the child may need to process what happened, getting safe distance from the man.
0: Living out of wisdom, not hate, not fear. But, you know, in the absence of those two things, there it is. It's clear. Mm -hmm. Now, if I should hurt children, for example, on this topic, if I should hurt children, when I look at what I'm thinking and believing, how could I not Okay, so we try to change people, we punish them, we put them in prison, et cetera, et cetera. But their mind shifts, unless the mind shifts, I mean, you're just holding them. Right. Mindset in a cell. So if I am harming children, it's still the best we've got going on earth. So if I can't stop me, you know, considering what I'm thinking and believing... I mean, how can I not do it again? Mm-hmm. We know what white knuckling is. Let's have this obsession of hurting children. It's a silly thing to talk about. But let's say I do. If you love me, lock me up. Right. No one, no matter what the obsession is, wants to harm another human being. Mm-hmm. So help me. If you care about me, lock me up. And. T- because I can't stop me. So the way we have it set up in Earth, you know, um, it's working for us, not against us in every way because it's art school. And the world is as we believe it to be. So if I do not love my world, I look to my thoughts. I write them down and I question them. You know, the... The um, Four Noble Truths um, in Buddhism, my husband is, has practiced in Buddhism for years. Four Noble Truths, as as, as I um, heard them, is there's suffering in the world, so we can all agree to that. And there is a cause of this suffering. And the cause of suffering is what we're thinking and believing in any given moment. Mm-hmm. The third one is um, there's a way out of this suffering? Well, for me, the work was shown and given, and so you know that's what it is. And then the fourth, the fourth one is here's how, and that's Buddhism. And for me, it's inquiry, and um, that's why I say there's so many beautiful ways to find peace in this in this world. But, um, peace doesn't look like just being still in my experience and world it's it's action, even though I've never moved you know, I've never really gotten off that floor. Mm-hmm. It's a it's practice, and I invite people to that
1: I know you you're so generous with your work and you I know you've spent time in prison systems and hospitals, mm-hmm. etc, and I just wonder if you could. Say a bit about that, because I always think of of the quote you know pascal's quote about all humanity's problems stem from man's inability to sit quietly in a room alone yeah,
0: I work in men's prisons and maximum security and and let's say I walk into a room that's absolutely full and of these men and lifers and and um, gosh, I've I've had that privilege so so often, but you know, their arms are folded across their chest and their legs are out, and they look at me like, yeah, sure, and and um, and my experience is this simple. You know, what do you th- you know look at the crime you committed, the one that took that, that put you here or one that is, that easily comes to your mind. Look at you actually doing the crime. And looking, at, look at what, fill in this, this judge your neighbor worksheet, fill it in with what you were thinking and believing just before you said what you said or did what you did. Mm-hmm. And um, in that situation. So they can see the cause of, it just all comes out and, and they don't. They're not going anywhere. So they can sit in these worksheets. Right. It's 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 um it's it's sometimes difficult to get um, these worksheets into prisons and and um, books etc. But loving what is is, I'm sure
1: sure have um it sure travels around. I bet. That's so beautiful and important that work is needed in systems like that and, and more today. I feel like if we could just review the, the four questions.
0: Okay. The, is, the first one is identify what you're thinking and believing. And that would be just there are six questions on that judge and neighbor worksheet. Yes. They're always free on the work.com. Print one out. There are six questions on it. And you just answer those six questions. You just just anchor in a situation. and um and then you just answer the questions, those six questions. And then, at the bottom of the worksheet, you'll see how to question your response to the six questions. and um, and I have what i call 123 it's it's you um, that's on the on the work.com as well how to do the work is there also we have a free helpline and and it's anonymous we don't ask your name and we sit with you through a worksheet and also we have an app I think it's 99 cents. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, it is. I have it. Mm-hmm.
0: And, and you can work through that as you stand in a grocery line.
1: So there's the one belief at a time worksheet, which is the inquiry of, is it true? Can you absolutely know it's true? Mm-hmm. And then how do you react
0: when you, when believe, you believe the,
1: the thought? thought? How do you react?
0: Witness, how do you react? What happens when you believe the thought in that
1: situation? And then who would you be without the thought?
0: Mm-hmm. And that is just to be there now. Just who are you without the ego? And then the turnaround. Mm-hmm. And then then find opposites to the, the statement you're questioning.
1: What's really helpful for those of you listening that look into this online, um, there's the worksheets, but then there are you do offer the emotions list to help mm-hmm. sort of guide you. How do you react? What happens when you believe that thought? And then there are different emotions just to help guide
0: you. We're so out of touch with our emotions. We, it's like, what are you talking about? And, you know, we're so hardened and...
1: and um, kind of clouded almost. Yeah. So yeah. You can look through those and see what you relate to. And in addition to that, on question four, who would you be without the thought? Again, an emotions list. That's really helpful. And then on the judge your neighbor worksheet with the six questions, there's an example given so that when you're working through your situation, you can reference that example so that mm-hmm. you can see how it's broken down. So the idea is to take take the worksheet, do you know see how you can work through it yourself. But then as you said, if you're needing some additional guidance with it, you can connect with someone it's free and they'll help take you through the steps.
0: Yeah. And the podcasts for working people and you just have to choose your own time and you're in a hurry. Um, there is a, um, I have a podcast that, um, that we move some of our morning events over to and, and, um, yeah, it's, we're really getting some great comments and I'm so grateful for that.
1: I was thinking, you know, I've been a part of your at home with Byron, Katie. <laughs> so the Zoom calls folks that you can sign up for, which are typically Monday through Wednesday mornings, depending where you are in the world. But just you can raise your hand and, and walk through, you know, a situation with Byron. But even if you aren't coming with a specific situation in mind, there's so many great takeaways because we are also connected, and there's so many through lines with all of the situations that we're all, you know, sort of wrestling with and working through, that no matter what, there's a takeaway there every time I've joined. So I appreciate all of these amazing resources and offerings. So I encourage folks to take advantage of that. And is there a new version of loving what is coming soon? Uh, yeah, the revised revised uh,
0: version of Loving What Is. That's that book has just boy has it traveled the world in so many languages, um, but yeah, revised edition and people can order that on um, on Am- pre order it on Amazon now and it's supposed to come out like very very soon. But
1: okay, great. So a revised edition. Of loving what is coming soon that's exciting that, that book oh boy oh, gosh it must just be surreal to think of all the hearts that have had their hands on this material that you put together
0: it's um it's um oh gosh I don't even you know I just I love that that it's written in a way that's that affects people's lives and understandable and places them inside of the work as opposed to just reading it. It's a little of both.
1: Yeah. I think that says a lot about you and again, your vulnerability and keeping the, the material accessible and relatable and open and, and there's no agenda. It's just an invitation Exactly so. Exactly
0: so. My goodness, anything we have of value, it's got to belong to all
1: of us. It's,
0: it's spellcasting. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, this has been just a gift. I'm so grateful for the time we've been able to spend together. And I'll include links to all of the, all of the sheets we mentioned and all of your, your personal links so that folks can access this information. We'll have all of that in the show notes.
0: That's great, Lisa. Honey, it's been so sweet spending time with
1: you. I just want to reach through the screen and hug you. I love your
0: openness. You know, you can have it all. Oh, thank you.
1: Okay, sweetie. Thank Thank you so much. Love you. Bye-bye. Thank you to our entire team behind the scenes at GLOW. I'm so grateful for your care and commitment to serving our members around the world. Thank you to our teachers for so beautifully sharing your gifts and talents. I'm also grateful to our lovely community of GLOW members. You've supported us since 2008 and because of you, we get to continue to do the work we love. It's the combined support of our team, our teachers, and our community that grants me the privilege to continue to bring you the GLOW podcast. Thank you to Lee Schneider at Red Cub Agency for production support. And the beautiful music you're hearing now is by Carrie Rodriguez and her husband, Luke Jacobs. And remember... Take care of yourself because our world needs you. Thank you for coming on this journey with me. You can find the Glow Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or glo.com slash podcast, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Derek Mills.